shame on me for being so wishy-washy and up and down. But like suddenly I go from, you know, thinking, okay, this is over. Broncos have no chance to now being like the Broncos might be able to do something here. Like, yes, they're not five and three. They're three and five. That's the reality. Like they, they could have and should have won those early season games. They didn't. But even with being three and five, after playing the Chiefs like that, I'm just like, if if the Broncos play like that every week, there's no question that they're going to be knocking on the playoff door the rest of the season. And the thing is, there's no guarantee they will. They have to show consistency. We haven't seen consistency really from this season. They've kind of been up and down, but they showed what they're capable of. Like, they can play like that because they, they just proved it. They just did. <laughs> Hey there, everyone, and welcome into the show. Ryan O'Leary here alongside John Heath. It's the Broncos Wire podcast. We're powered by the USA Today Network and available however you consume your podcasts on every platform. So subscribing, leaving a review, letting a friend or family member know that you like the show is the best way you could support us, and we do appreciate you. John, how are you this week? I see the Broncos went easy on you uh, at the trade deadline, right? So you're not frantically churning out stories. We're actually talking less than an hour after the trade deadline. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. First, we get that win on Sunday, makes you feel a lot better. And then, like you said today, not having to write about the Broncos doing a fire sale, shipping out all their guys, delaying our recording. So I'm doing good, Ryan. The, the Broncos are making it easy on me. Like you said, It's a, it, things are always better when the team is winning. 100%. Yeah, you get to write about a win and not writing about a fire sale. This is all good stuff and <laughs> different tone on the podcast than we, maybe we're used to and folks that listen uh, are used to. But Let's just talk about the trade deadline real quick. The Broncos standing pat, John. So the tank for Caleb Williams campaign, those in Broncos country leading the charge. I know you were on the picket line at a, at a time, John, once upon a time this season. That is officially over. I guess you're going to now have to trade for Caleb if you want him uh, because the guess here is that the Bears will be holding an auction for the number one overall pick, but more on that this summer. Uh, but if you believe the reports all over uh, social media, George Payton fielded calls on guys like Justin Simmons and Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. But the quote unquote price was too high, John, um, which is consistent, right? With George Payton, it always seems like the price is too high. They want a second round pick for Jerry Judy, but everyone wants to trade a fourth. And they're like, nope, we're, we're not going to come to terms here. So uh, I guess you could read this a couple ways, but maybe the Broncos just the price was high because they didn't want to part with their players because they're not giving up on the season, John. So what do you think about the team standing pat? Yeah, I think they stuck to their guns. Like you said, I, I don't know if it was a second round pick, but just like hypothetically, they're like, hey, we value this guy like it. Jerry Judy is worth more to us than a fourth round pick in their opinion. So if you're not going to meet whatever our demand is, it just makes more sense for us to hold on to him. And I, I think some teams kind of give in and are like, well, we want to just get something. So we're just going to trade them and take less than they should. Like I was a little bit surprised about what the commanders traded uh, their young, their pass rusher. I was, it was only like a third round pick. And I saw people talking about the Broncos, like what if only a third round pick, it's going to be a late third, almost like a fourth round pick. Why didn't the Broncos do that? And I think that like the Broncos only have six draft picks next year. And he young is about to become a free agent next year. They, there's no way they'd be able to give him a contract extension because already the Broncos are in the hole for salary cap space in 2024. So if they traded for someone like Chase Young, it would just be like a half season rental for one of the few picks you have. 
And I think like, yes, the Broncos are, they're not trying to have a fire sale. They, they're going to try to win, try to get back on track, but I don't think they're like, you know, we are young away from winning a Super Bowl. We don't care if it's just for half a season. We're not going to pay him after the season. We just want to win a Super Bowl right now. I don't think that's where the Broncos are. Whereas a team like the 49ers, I think like, yeah, we'll take half a season of young for a very late third round pick. And we want to go win a Super Bowl this season. It's kind of like what the Rams did a couple years ago where they traded all those picks and it worked. They won a Super Bowl, but then it was kind of a mess after that. But I mean, the name of the game is to win a Super Bowl. I, but clearly Denver is not at the same point uh, that San Francisco is. So I, I'm not like super mad about them not trying to go get guys because they don't really have a ton of draft capital and they're not they're not a Super Bowl contender, not legitimate. Like Javante Williams, uh, he had a conference call on Monday with reporters and they were like, yeah, after this win against the Chiefs, like you feeling confident that like you're you're able to get back on track and get into the playoff hunt now. And Javante Williams was like, yeah, we do feel like that. And not just the playoffs, we're trying to go on a Super Bowl run. And I was like, oh, okay, we're getting a little carried away here. Like, it's good. Like, I'd rather the players do that then have like a losing mentality. Like if you, the first step to doing it is to believing you could do it. So like, it's not a bad thing, but I was just like, okay, maybe calm down a little bit. Like the Broncos aren't about to go on a Super Bowl run, but like, yes, it is like, it, how can you not feel excited and optimistic after Sunday's game? And then I'm, I'm not surprised that they stood pat at the trade deadline. It's Sean Payton, like credit to him the last few weeks, he's been saying like, we're not shopping guys. We're not shopping guys. And every time I heard him say that, I was like, mm, I don't know if I believe you, Sean Payton. I was like, we'll, we'll see in a couple of weeks. Like, I, I thought it was pretty decent chance that Judy would be traded. But I think Sean Payton was just being honest. Like they weren't actively trying to move someone like they would listen. And if they had like a price for players and if if like a team met that price, which like you said, apparently was pretty high, they're like, okay, then it's worth our while. But otherwise, we're not looking to just ship people out like the Broncos. They're feeling really confident right now and they think they can get back to winning. And and like that's a good thing. That's a great spot to be in. And so I'm not super shocked that they stood pat at the deadline. They not trading anyone away and also not super surprised they didn't go get anyone because they don't really have the picks for it. They certainly don't have the cap space for it. So that's not surprising. And I, I think Broncos fans going into this buy now are probably feeling really good about the state of the team, despite being three and five. It's just they have a lot of positive momentum right now. That was funny. I was laughing uh, with Javante Williams. Yeah, we're, we're on our way to the Super Bowl. He's got a short memory, which is great. He forgot about those <laughs> losses to Jimmy Garoppolo and the Raiders and Sam Howell and the Commanders to start the year. So It's a he, long time ago, Ryan. A long time ago. He forgot all about it. That's how. That's the mentality you got to have as a player. I love it. Go, Javante Williams. Have that mindset, Denver Broncos. Let's go. We want a season. We want something to root for and talk about all year. Come on. That's what we want here. Uh, the streak is over, John. They had lost to the Chiefs 16 straight times. Uh, they finally beat Kansas City. They don't. They didn't only beat Kansas City. They dominated them. They won this game from the opening kickoff. I thought. I, I love the way the game started. Chiefs start with the football. We all know how that story goes. They take the lead. They never. They never trail. They win the game. Right. That's how the Chiefs play. No. 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 Three and out. Broncos get the ball. Go down and score a touchdown. Uh, I mean, in, at home. I mean, that is just. That's what good football teams do. That's what the Broncos did to the Chiefs. I love the way it started. Uh, I thought they dominated the game. They controlled the game. It was really refreshing. It was a little surprising how much they controlled that game, I think. <laughs> Just give me your reaction, John, as a someone who covers the team, as a fan of the team. What do you think about the Broncos knocking off the Chiefs and finally ending that streak? 
Yeah, my reaction is I will never learn, Ryan. <laughs> like, I've completely flipped a switch. Like, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about, you know, how bad the Broncos were, how not throwing the towel, but how, like, I'm, I'm paying more attention to their draft position than anything else. And I had no belief at all that they could come anywhere close to just getting into playoff contention. And now after that game, they've sucked me right back in. Like I'm right back to believing again. And, and part of it's looking back at the beginning of the season when they're kind of getting their feet under them. And Sean Payton was brand new to the team in week one. They lost by just one point to the Raiders, you know, definitely could have won that game. In week two, they lost by just two points to the commanders definitely could have won that game. And I'm not even gonna, you know, say they should have won the Jets game. Just like the Raiders and the Commanders, two very winnable games. If you just win those two winnable games that you lost by combined less than a field goal, the Broncos are five and three right now and they're right in the playoff picture. And like it's shame on me for being so wishy-washy and up and down, but like suddenly I go from, you know, thinking, okay, this is over. Broncos have no chance to now being like the Broncos might be able to do something here. Like, yes, they're not five and three, they're three and five. That's the reality. Like they, they could have and should have won those early season games. They didn't. But even with being three and five after playing the chiefs like that, I'm just like, if, if if the Broncos play like that every week, there's no question that they're going to be knocking on the playoff door the rest of the season. And the thing is, there's no guarantee they will. They have to show consistency. We haven't seen consistency really from this season. They've kind of been up and down, but they showed what they're capable of. Like they can play like that because they, they just proved it. They just did. And if they can have any kind of consistency at all, they can get back into the playoff hunt. And that's just, that's so exciting. Cause like as a fan, that's what you want. You want your team to be relevant. We're so sick of this football purgatory of the Broncos, not being a playoff team, but also not being, you know, one of the worst teams in the NFL topping at picking at the top of the draft. Now it, it seems like they have the potential to get out of that. It seems like now eight games into the Sean Payton era, things are kind of clicking on all cylinders, like special teams compared to the last few years is phenomenal. Special teams is so much better offense. It definitely has its kinks and it's definitely not perfect, but offense is so much better like night and day compared to last season and defense after that terrible start, they've really gotten back on track. So across the board, like the Broncos are playing team football. And like I said, if they play like that every week, they're a playoff team. And again, there's no guarantee that they will. We got to see some consistency from them. But just seeing them do that against the Chiefs, like you said, ending that 16-game losing streak all the way back to the 2015 season, they hadn't beaten them since they had Peyton Manning that's finally now off their back. And I'm sure players are just feeling so confident going into the bye week. Fans are feeling, you know, so much more like I am feeling so much more optimistic going to the bye week, like beating Kansas city totally changed the way I'm viewing the second half of the season. Oh yeah, you should. The defense is a great story. And I know we're going to talk about more, John, you're going to break that down for us here coming up a little bit later in the program. I just want to throw a quick question at you. You know, I have a little chiefs rant. I want to get off my chest that it's coming up here. So folks listening, hold on for that. I have a little Chiefs rant. I got to get off my chest. But do you think this is a good sign for the Broncos, John? I thought them finally winning a close game, right? So many close games got away from them. Those two early in the year, Vegas, Washington, they had another winnable game against the Jets that got away from them. And we were all ripping the team. I was ripping the team. You were ripping them. They had fallen to one and four. They got the Chiefs on the road on Thursday night football. The season felt doomed at that point. 
and it, it kind of was, but they've, I thought winning that playing better at, in that Kansas city game than we probably expected them to. And then finally winning a close game against green Bay kind of got them going a little bit. And I, I thought it really fed into this Kansas city game. And now I think you, it's fair to feel good about the team going into the bye week but do you think this is a really good sign for the team or do you think they just caught the Chiefs at the right time? What do you think, John, about that question? I think it can be a combination of both. Like I've seen people talking about that on Twitter. Like, well, you know, are did the Broncos suddenly get better or the Chiefs just have a terrible week and are the Chiefs just not as good this season, you know, as they have been in recent years? And I, I think both things can be t- true. Like I think the Chiefs could have had a little bit of an off game. Patrick Mahomes might have had a flu and that may have affected his play. And, you know, the Chiefs, you know, may have not come to play as much as they should have. But that can still uh, be true at the same time of it being true of the Broncos playing like their best game of the year and playing their best game against the Chiefs in years. Like the Denver's defense gave the Chiefs offense so many problems like so many problems and the just the way they played against them the mentality the Broncos had against them like you have to give the Broncos credit for that game like yes maybe some of it like I, I think it's both like the Chiefs played poorly they slipped up but the Broncos went for the throat and the Broncos played really well so I I think both things can be true I don't think it has to be either or I don't think it has to be like I can't believe the Chiefs blew that what a terrible job by the Chiefs and it's not oh, like the Broncos just ran the Chiefs off the field because the Broncos are 10 times better than Kansas City because they're not. I think I think it's just both. The Chiefs had a bad game. Broncos took advantage of it. I, I think, you know, both things can be true. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I do think the Broncos caught the Chiefs at a great time. I mean, you just played them a couple weeks ago, right, John, on Thursday Night Football. And like we said, we were talking about, they played them tough in Arrowhead. You come into this one with a little bit more confidence. You just played this team. Never mind the fact that the Chiefs come in, they've won six in a row. They've beaten Denver 16 times in a row, right? They just played Denver and Russell Wilson didn't even pass for 100 yards. And they've got these big games coming up against Miami and Philadelphia. So I think this was a natural letdown spot for the Chiefs. They own the Broncos. They got these big games coming up and all that. So I think it was a little bit of a natural letdown spot. It's why I really like taking the points last week and why I did take the points this, this past week and won a little bit of money on Denver. Thank you, Broncos. Good job, Sean Payton. Love you. Sorry about all the things I said to you after that Jets game. I didn't mean it. I did not mean it. But back to the Chiefs. Oh my God, John, what do you think about this team right now? They are, aren't they way too busy like sniffing their own farts, vegging out on these podcasts, planning out the next game Taylor Swift's coming to or or are they, oh, how are we going to get to Europe during the season to see a show? Oh, we're going to go to these World Series games. Never mind, we have a kickoff here on Sunday against a division opponent. Like, I don't know. They just seem so obsessed right now with being, quote unquote, the Chiefs, that they've kind of let go of the rope a little bit. I, this is not the same Chiefs team that I saw back in the day when they were chasing Brady and the Patriots. It gets boring at the top when you're by yourself. The Chiefs are up there by themselves, John. I think they're getting a little bored. They're starting to fill their time with some other stuff. Complacent, yeah. So never mind the fact that I think they, they've banked so heavily on the brilliance of Mahomes that they've put a, they've assembled a second-rate group of skill guys around him, right? I think we all see yeah. it. It's not the same offense. You put Jaleel McLaughlin, Javante Williams, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton around Patrick Mahomes. I, when, when is that team punting? The Chiefs don't have those kind of guys. The Broncos have better skill guys. They should compete with the Chiefs. They should give the Chiefs problems. So, yeah, I mean, 
the Broncos played a major role in this game. They deserve to win. They were ready to go when the Chiefs weren't. And I also don't want to hear about the sniffles. Patrick Mahomes. I don't no excuses, Chiefs. You guys were not ready to go and the Broncos were. They came out, punched you in the mouth and dominated the game. So I do believe the Broncos deserve all the credit in the world, John. I like how you put it. But I think that you caught the Chiefs at a, at a really good time because they are just not dialed in like they have been in the past. Don't you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I think maybe they were overconfident, like assuming go like you beat this team so many times. It's just kind of a given. And like you said, they've got really big games coming up and that trip to Germany uh, against the Dolphins hanging over their heads. I think it's definitely possible that they kind of look past the Broncos a little bit. And and then, like you said, it's an excuse, but really if Mahomes had a little bit of an illness, like even if it's just a little bit, everything adds up in the NFL. Like if that's bothering you and it can throw you off a little bit, like that is a factor. And then, yeah, who knows how much, like, I don't know, maybe this is too much of a reach like maybe the Taylor Swift stuff has been a little bit of a distraction and and maybe they have just become kind of complacent with, you know, we are the Chiefs. We just show up. Patrick Mahomes does crazy stuff and we win. And on Sunday, that Patrick Mahomes crazy stuff didn't work. It In fact, it backfired multiple times because the Broncos secondary is so good. They made him pay for it. And, and like you said, he, he the Chiefs, they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. They don't have a receiver like that. And Travis Kelsey is a phenomenal tight end. But if you just slow him down like the Broncos did on Sunday, they didn't even shut him down. They just slowed him down. You know, Patrick Mahomes, he doesn't really have anyone else. So I I do think it's fair to say these Chiefs don't look like the Chiefs of old. Maybe we're getting way too far ahead of ourselves, Ryan. You know, maybe they're still going to end up in the AFC Championship game. Oh, yeah, definitely. By later this season, they're going to be right back on track. Mm Mm-hmm. But I do think, like you said, the Broncos hit them at the right time. And so, I mean, that is part of it. But even with that being the case, you got to take advantage of it. And they did. And, you know, that's great. Yep. Uh, and, and I say all that stuff about the Chiefs with the caveat that I think after Thanksgiving, they'll be a different team. They'll, they'll be back. They'll be dialed in. But right now, they're just, they just aren't. And, uh, yeah, Chiefs fans, don't give us – do not do not tell me about Patrick Mahomes and his sniffles. I do not – cry us a river with the excuses. No, 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 no. You guys came in not, in not fully engaged to start. The Broncos came out. Oh, my goodness. Punched you right in the yeah. mouth. Made you punt. The, the Chiefs the, fans oh God, on go ahead. Twitter leading up to the game, like I'm more than excited about beating the Chiefs, like I'm excited about beating the Chiefs fans that were on my men- in my mentions being <laughs> so obnoxious on Twitter. Like all I did, literally, I didn't do any opinion. I just tweeted – these are the Broncos' last four scores against the Chiefs. And I think like three of them were a one-score game. And then I said something like five of their last seven against the Chiefs uh, were one score or something like that. Like I literally just tweeted the facts. Facts, and not opinions, Chiefs yes. And was like, uh, yeah, but such and such game, you know, the Chiefs had the ball at the end and they just ran out the clock. And absolutely none of the games were ever in doubt. And I was like, None of the games were ever in doubt. Like the game that a couple, it was a couple seasons ago now, but like they they kicked the last second field goal as time expired to beat them. I think that was the Vic Fangio era. I was like, never in doubt, not one of these games, not one of these one score games. Like, yes, they dominated them like over a 16 game series. Yes, but there were close games. Like you can't act like none of the games were close. And then after that, 
game on Sunday. Like I refrained my, I restrained myself, <laughs> but I wanted to go back to that guy and be like, was this game ever in doubt? And I'm <laughs> no, sure he would have just come back with those excuses. Like you said, Oh, Patrick Mahomes had the flu and Oh, yeah, nah, nah, nah. so yeah, I, I just wanted to vent that. Like, I'm so excited. Those chiefs fans, they have to shut up now. And, and now next season, like, Finally, the Broncos and Chiefs are going to be kind of a rivalry now because the Chiefs, you know, they were embarrassed on Sunday. And now next year, it, like if the Broncos somehow get into the playoffs, maybe they would see them in the playoffs. But otherwise, the Broncos won't see the Chiefs again until next season. And the Chiefs are going to be, you know, they're really going to be up for that game. We want to make a statement and, you know, get back to the way things were before in that 16 game streak. And Chiefs fans, too. Are gonna, you know, they wanna be, they want their team to go out and make a statement so they can go back to trolling Broncos fans, and I, I really don't want that to happen again. So, it's it's nice now to like be back to the point of, you know, we can go toe to toe to this team, we can beat this team, and you know, we control Chiefs fans after the game instead of uh, seven straight years of Chiefs fans. Oh, it's never in doubt. Uh, Broncos on the schedule. That's just a gimme game. Like I'm so sick exactly. of that. And I'm so glad for at least, at least one time in the 2023 season, we don't have to deal with that. Yeah. It's not just the fans. It's even the Broncos team, their team Twitter trolled the chiefs a little bit there. I saw that. That was pretty funny with the, what was it? Yeah, the was WWE hilarious. thing, the wrestling. I might've screwed that up cause I'm not a big wrestling guy, but yeah, no, no, I don't want to hear from the chiefs fans and, Oh, there's an asterisk on this one because Patrick was he he had the flu and he had the sniffles. No, no, no. The Chiefs were, let's all admit it, they were still shaking off all the partying and extraneous crap they're doing right now that they weren't fully engaged to kick off the Broncos where both teams got what they deserved. The Broncos got the win they deserved because they punched the Chiefs in the mouth and the Chiefs got exactly what they deserved because they were not ready to go at the start and they got manhandled in that game. So all of those things can be true. Coming up next, we're going to maybe preview the bye week a little bit, talk about what's coming up next after the bye. But John also has some apologies he needs to get off his chest just to tease that. So John will do that here coming up. But first, here's some week nine fantasy advice from thehuddle.com. I'm Corey Bonini of thehuddle.com here to bring you fantasy football strong plays for week nine. Quarterback Dak Prescott, Dallas Cowboys at Philadelphia Eagles. Coming off the bye, Prescott enjoyed the best game of his season, passing for 304 yards and four touchdowns. He threw just six TDs in the prior six games. He also lit up Philly last year for 347 yards and three touchdowns. And the Eagles just allowed Sam Howell to throw for nearly 400 yards and four scores of his own. There's plenty of potential versus a Philadelphia secondary that just hasn't been the same since Jonathan Gannon left to become Arizona's head coach. Running back Royce Freeman, Los Angeles Rams at Green Bay Packers. Freeman is on the upswing here, even with Daryl Henderson seeing the majority of reps over the last two games. Each has scored once on the ground in alternating contests, but Freeman has been much more efficient, and that could work in his favor to garner more touches this week. Green Bay has been trampled by running backs on the ground, and that's where Freeman could be a sly play in fantasy. However, he is a little bit of a risky play in any format, roll with Royce only in the moment of desperation. Wide receiver Deontay Johnson, Pittsburgh Steelers versus Tennessee Titans. Johnson caught five passes for 79 yards in his Week 7 return, and he followed it up with 85 yards on eight grabs last Sunday, both of which easily led the club. His touchdown drought has reached 21 games, but his high involvement since returning from IR gives him decent wide receiver three appeal. Tennessee has given up the fourth most PPR points per game to the position, and most of that is due to volume. Tight end Hunter Henry, New England Patriots versus Washington Commanders. Henry's waistline of a season continues on. He has not topped 9.1 PPR points or scored since week two. And the former Charger has no more than three targets in any game in the last month of play. 
All of that could change since Washington has been abysmal versus the position. This matchup rates in the top eight for receptions and yardage per game, as well as ease of touchdowns in relation to catches allowed. If you need to cover a bye, the matchup is well worth the risk. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. Okay, we're back. John, I'll just give you the, the floor. You wrote in our show notes that you had some apologies that you had to get off your chest. So why don't you go ahead and issue your public apologies? What are you apologizing for, my friend? Yeah, it's time for my apology tour. First, Ryan, I have to apologize to you because oh. earlier in this season, I was talking about how the Broncos need to tank. Uh, like not like the players themselves don't need to give up. Like the coaches don't have to say like, okay, I'm going to punt the ball on first down. Not that, but like I, I wanted them to have like a fire sale, accumulate draft picks for next year because I had no confidence whatsoever in their ability to turn things around. Like that Dolphins game obviously was a low point when they allowed 70 points. And I was like, the Broncos are not going anywhere. Yep. If we're going to be a bad team, I want to be bad, bad. I want the number one overall pick. I want Caleb Williams. So I was all in for tank for Caleb Williams. And you kind of try to talk some sense to me. And you're like, no, John, you know, you don't want to get that losing culture. You can't be uh, okay with trading away talent, being okay with going, you know, two and 15. You just don't want that to seep into your locker room. And I was like, I don't care, Ryan. Like, I'm sick. <laughs> of this football purgatory i want a franchise quarterback to get him you know i want the broncos to tank i want the number one overall draft pick and i was wrong (laughs) like the like first of all i was wrong in thinking that the broncos were that bad as some of the other teams in the nfl like there's a couple teams that are just so bad the broncos they were never going to get the first overall pick because there's there's a handful of teams there's just not going to let it happen maybe maybe the other teams are tanking if whether they're intentionally doing it or not the Broncos roster is just not that bad. Like they're good enough to win some games, even on accident. So I I was wrong about that. And like, you were right about the mentality. Like you saw on Sunday, like Justin Simmons, he was drafted in 2016. Garrett Bowles, he was drafted in 2017. Like their expressions, like them screaming at the end of the game, like how excited they were. Uh, to to get this off their back, to finally beat the Chiefs. And then immediately after the game, everybody's talking about, we just showed the standard of what we can be as a football team. You know, that's how we can play every week. You know, we can get back into the playoff hunt. And it's like, you're totally right. Like the Broncos, they can play like that. They can get back into the playoff hunt. And I was wrong for saying they should be a tanking team. So sorry to you for saying the Broncos should tank. I was wrong about that. And then the second big apology I have to do is to Vance Joseph. Like, Vance Joseph, I'm sorry. I called for his job. And Me too. I, sorry, Vance. Yeah, go ahead. After that Dolphins game, after they allowed 70 points, like, the defense was so bad. Like, I, I was like, okay, they got to fire Vance Joseph. Like, there's no – I don't know why you're hanging on to him. It's such a disaster. And, and like, his previous defensive resumes – were never that great. His defenses were never that great. So I was like, I don't know why Sean Payton brought him in the first place. This is just a disaster. I don't know how this can be fixed. The Broncos are just going to get run off the field every week. And, and so I want Vance Joseph gone. And since then, he has just completely turned around. And, and some of it is personnel. And some of it, I think, is scheme like they had a couple injuries, so that plays into it. But some of it is 
Vance Joseph identifying like problems and finding solutions. And like, I have to give him credit for that because yes, they were a disaster, but he has fixed it. I mean, it's, I guess maybe a three game sample size, but over these last three weeks, the defense has been so much better, including two games against the chiefs who, yes, maybe they haven't been quite as good this year as previous years, but they still have the ability to be the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes still has the ability to be Patrick Mahomes, and the Broncos basically shut him down twice. And Joseph, you know, he like I said, he identified problems and he fixed them. One, Randy Gregory just not setting the edge against the run, also not really getting that much production of him as a pass rusher. He just wasn't good enough. First they benched him, then they traded him. Frank Clark was just a bad signing, also not good enough against the run, not productive again uh, as a pass rusher. They tried to trade him. Nobody wanted to trade for him, so they cut him. Those were two guys that were their starting outside linebackers. Clark was a starter because Baron Browning was out, but those were their two starting outside linebackers. They said, okay, it's not good enough. You're gone. One of them cut, one of them traded. And then Baron Browning, this is where I said the injuries played a factor as well. Baron Browning comes back from injury and just instantly he's getting pressure after pressure after pressure. He is by far the team's best pass rusher and it has made a huge difference getting him back. And like that's not necessarily a credit to Vance Joseph, but it is like, uh, I guess, an excuse of like, okay, he didn't have him before. This is what the defense looks like when they're actually healthy. So, like it's a little bit of a reprieve for Joseph. Like, okay, he didn't have all his guys a couple of weeks ago. And then there were other changes he made too. Like he made two huge changes in the secondary. Bassey was their slot cornerback. And honestly, I didn't think he was doing that bad, but clearly they did because they just flat out cut him. I don't know that they even tried to trade him. They just cut him. And then McMillian, he's a second year guy. I keep thinking of him as a rookie because he was on, the practice squad or inactive for like all of last season. And then out of nowhere, he started their season finale and he was phenomenal. And so this year coming into training camp, he had a really good training camp, but he once in what, you know, one of the top guys on the depth chart, a couple games into the season, they cut Bassey, they put McMillian in the slot and he's just been phenomenal. Like I, I don't want to, uh, uh, put praise too high and like create expectations that are like unfair. But honestly, he has kind of reminded me as Chris Harris playing in the slot. And like, that's not to say he's going to become Chris Harris and he's going to play, you know, at that level for his whole career like that. It's not fair to, you know, put that expectations on a second year guy, but he just, the way he plays reminds me of him. It's, It's just a very promising sign of how well he's playing the slot. That was a huge change. And then the biggest change they made in the secondary, and we talked about this earlier in the year, they benched Mathis. He was their number two cornerback. Had to happen. Had to happen. He was such a liability. And I think part of it, to be fair to Mathis, I think is a little bit of scheme. Like if you're a man-to-man press guy and the defensive coordinator is playing zone, of course, you're not going to do as well in zone as you are if, you know, your whole life, like if you're known for playing man to man. So, uh, you know, maybe not all of it is his fault, but like credit to Joseph to identifying and say, hey, I run this defense. Mathis can't do it. I got to bring in someone who can. And he put Moreau has started the last few weeks across from Sertan. He's an older guy, a veteran. You know, apparently he must be more familiar with the the zone defense, the scheme, because he's just it's been night and day. Like 
he's not a perfect cornerback, but he's so much better than Mathis was earlier this season. And then it like, again, coming back to injuries again, Josie Jewell got hurt early in that Dolphins game that just destroyed their run defense. Justin Simmons missed that Dolphins game. He missed the game after that. And that really hurt their secondary. And PJ Locke was on injured reserve for those games that hurt their secondary depth as well. Now, Josie Jewell is healthy back in the middle of the defense stuff in the run. Uh, Justin Simmons is healthy. He had his second uh, interception of the season on Sunday. He's intercepted Patrick Mahomes five times in his career. No other players intercepted Mahomes more than two times. And then PJ Locke, he's a starter now because Kareem Jackson is suspended. And even when Kareem Jackson comes back, I think PJ Locke is going to stay the starter just because he's played that well. And I think Jackson is just going to be kind of a rotational guy. So making those like credit to Vance Joseph for benching those guys, changing starters, even cutting players, trading players. And once he got the full unit, you know, the full healthy defense back, like this is the Broncos defense that we thought it was going to be like, this is what the defense looked like last year. And, you know, I was so angry at him for that Dolphins game. And like, it was bad. But there were some circumstances that were out of his control. And now after he identified stuff that needed to be fixed, they got healthier. The defense is so much better. And again, like I said earlier in this podcast, we need to see some consistency. Like if the next if like the Bills just run, you know, run them off the field next week, I'm gonna be like, okay, maybe that was a little bit of fool's gold because like the Chiefs are a familiar opponent, blah, blah, blah. But as of now, like I'm feeling so much better about the defense. And I just I have to give credit to Vance Joseph. But again, not to say that it's like perfect, but it's so much better than it was. It, it's night and day to compare to what it was. And like I blasted him so much when they were struggling. I have to give him credit for helping turn this around because you know a lot of it has come down to the personnel changes. So I'm sorry to you, Ryan, for saying the Broncos should tank. I was wrong. Sorry for Vance to Vance Joseph for blasting him. I give him credit for turning this unit around. Yeah, I can't speak for Vance Joseph, John, but um, I am known to take compliments very well. So you said all those <laughs> nice things about me. So I will accept your apology. That was a very nice apology you gave me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Vance Joseph, you have to give him his flowers. And I remember going back to not only that Dolphins game, but after the Jets game, um, especially, where you just couldn't really figure out how Vance Joseph still had his job. But I think it's also a credit to... Sean Payton and George Payton for not overreacting to those games early in the year and letting this thing play out a little bit. I I think every Broncos fan was just kind of like, why hasn't the defensive coordinator been changed yet? Well, we don't get this. And I was ripping Sean Payton, really, more than Vance Joseph. I didn't really blame Vance Joseph. It's like, this is Sean Payton picked this guy. So like, or, or whatever, the Payton brothers, whatever you want to say. Uh, I was ripping everybody. I think they all deserve a little bit of credit, but yeah, Vance Joseph, especially he's the defensive coordinator and they got this turned around. I mean, the chiefs didn't score a touchdown. That's ridiculous. Uh, that's awesome. So yeah, all that is great, John. And you doing the 180 on the tanking is very interesting, especially because I think best case scenario here coming up in the next, what do we got? Nine games left. Best case scenario, the Broncos win six of those and they end up nine and eight, which is exactly where you said you hate being, right? You, you hate being no, no, right no. there at 500. I no? hate being five and 12. Okay. Fair enough. Nine and eight might be a wild card team. Like I guess it's still kind of football purgatory, but I think it gives them a chance to be a wild card team. Like I just want to get back to being a playoff team 
which they haven't been. And I did not believe that they could be this year. I thought there was no way they'd get back to the playoff race. Now I believe that they can get back into the playoff race. Like we'll see if they actually do it, but I think they've got a legitimate chance to get into the hunt. And that's what I want. Like the last few years, like as the season went on, we just knew they weren't part of the playoff picture and they weren't going to be part of the playoff picture. And that was just so frustrating. And maybe I'm being premature here and getting my head, getting ahead of myself, but it feels like they're going to have a chance to get into the playoff picture this year. And that's what I want. I just want a chance to compete for so many years. It seemed like that, that once it within reach, now it seems like it's within reach again. Yeah, it, it might be. I mean, they're going to have to win. I mean, six gets you to nine wins, right? That gives you a legitimate shot. Five out of your next nine, probably a little bit more realistic expectation, I guess, at the floor. That gets you to eight and nine. Is that enough? Well, you you want to run down it? Let's say Buffalo is a loss. The Vikings without Kirk Cousins, without Kirk Cousins. The Browns are at home mm-hmm. at the road against the Texans, who you know aren't terrible, but they're not great. Chargers is the division game. You know, that could go either yep, way. The Lions is going to be really tough. The Patriots, you're a Patriots guy, Ryan. They're they, not looking they, too hot right now. They're terrible. You think that's winnable. Broncos. And then you get the Chargers and the Raiders, which you would think are both winnable games. So, I mean, it, they have to go out and do it. But those, a lot of those games are really winnable. Like, obviously, in Detroit, the Lions, that's really tough. In Buffalo, the Bills, that's really tough. But every other game on that schedule, you know, I get, maybe I'm being delusional. Maybe I flipped completely the other way. <laughs> get the goggles the back on. I love all it. those other games look winnable to me. Yeah, you lost those goggles, John. Those Broncos goggles. You put, you finally found them. You put them, but you dusted them off. You put them back on. I love it. That's great. No, I don't think you're being delusional. I think they got a shot. I think the schedule does soften up a little bit. I mean, the Browns have a pretty good defense. It's a little scary, but yeah, I mean. There's some winnable games. Houston with a rookie quarterback. The Patriots are bad. The Raiders are terrible. Um, you know, all this. And I'm not ready to rule you out against the Bills yet. I mean, so you have a bye in week nine. Then you have the Bills on the road in week 10. That's the Broncos next game. And the good news there is that you get extended rest, right? While Buffalo is gearing up for like this huge battle with Joe Burrow and the Bengals, one of their AFC rivals, John. I mean, at the top of the AFC, it's been Chiefs. Bengals bills for the last few years and the Bengals and bills when they meet up these are big games these are big battles the Bengals have kind of had the bills number a little bit they've beaten the bills up I think they beat them up pretty good in the playoffs last year so uh, I mean you could be getting a uh, while you're resting up this weekend and you know you can go to all the Taylor Swift shows you want when you're resting up for your bye week you don't have a game this week the Chiefs would be doing this anyway John but I digress uh while you're at home resting the bills are going to be probably getting more beaten up than they already are. I mean, they're so beat up that they traded, they had to trade a third round pick for this kid from green Bay to help their secondary. They're running out of bodies in the secondary. They're banged up. Their offense isn't good right now. There's some major issues. You could look at Josh Allen. Is he healthy? Does he have enough weapons around him? Not named Stefan Diggs? is Ken Dorsey getting the job done as play caller. I mean, we'll talk about this game next week, but I don't know. The bills aren't hundred percent, right? They're going to be coming off this tough game against the Bengals. Oh, the Buffalo hasn't looked like world beaters at home. I know we're going to Buffalo for this game in week 10, but like they almost choked one away to the Giants and the Patriots. Well, the Patriots was in Foxborough, but never mind. The, the Bills, they haven't like exactly been world beaters lately and especially at home either. So um, yeah, I'm not ready to rule out the Bills game yet, John. I'm not making a prediction yeah. yet, but yeah, I don't think you're getting ahead of yourself. I think we can we get six out of the next nine and and be in the playoff hunt. 
Is that the question? I think the Broncos right now, this this seemed impossible after that Jets game when the Broncos fell to one and five going up against the Kansas City Chiefs on a Thursday night football game, right? Well, I guess they fell to one and four against the Jets, then one and five against the Chiefs. It felt impossible back then. Now it's feeling possible. I think you look at the road, there's a path. I think when we get back from the bye week, John, we can start talking about a path to the playoffs. That'll be kind of fun. Yep. I mean, here you are, Ryan, talking about me with my orange and blue colored sunglasses. You're telling me they have a chance against the Bills. So, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, you just laid it out yourself. Like they have a chance to really save their season. And it's like we're talking about all of this because like, yes, they beat the Packers and like, yes, they're on a two game win streak. So obviously we wouldn't be able to have this conversation if they weren't on a two game win streak. But I think it all just boils down to the way they played on Sunday, like how convincing of a win against, you know, the Chiefs are a real contender in the AFC. Like nobody has ruled out the Chiefs as being like a real threat to, again, make the AFC championship game again. And when the Broncos play like that, like it, it just shows what they're capable of. And, and like I've said multiple times, they've got to show some consistency now. They got to keep it up. But like they prove they can play like that. And if they play these next few weeks, like even if it's not like if that's their peak, like if that's 100 percent against the Chiefs, if they play like 80, 85 percent of that, like I really think a lot of these games coming up are winnable games for them. So. I'm feeling great going into the bye. You know, maybe I'm being way too optimistic, but, you know, I'd rather be delusional, optimistic, and have a fun, you know, relaxing, happy, refreshing bye week than be getting, you know, another 70 to 20 against the Chiefs and us talking about, you know, <laughs> how miserable this is. So I'm feeling really good right now, Ryan. I'm, I'm happy about the state of the team, and that is such a huge, you know, 180 from earlier this season. So, it's good. I'm I'm happy with uh, the state of the Broncos right now. Yeah, it's a nice vibe change uh, on the Broncos Wire podcast. We haven't had a positive vibe on the show in quite some time. Let's hope we can keep it up here. That's it's always more fun when you're winning, as you said earlier, John. So, um, happy Halloween, my friend. You getting ready for? You got trick or treaters coming to your house tonight? No, kind of out in the nowhere, oh, in the middle of nowhere you. in the country. So <laughs> don't have any of that. But that's okay. I like to just chill anyway. Yeah, I got my uh, my two year old. He's dressing up as Buzz Lightyear. Uh, We were planning to maybe take him to a few of the neighbors' houses, but we just moved to Minneapolis, and it is uh, it snowed last night. John got out; the roads were covered in ice this morning, and it's freezing cold outside. So I don't, I don't know if I don't know if trick or treating's in the cards tonight. We'll see, we'll see. But the bye week coming up, John. um, You guys working on anything special during the bye week? Any fun articles on Broncos Wire the fans should be looking out for over the next week or so? These next coming days, it's it's a lot of optimism from players a lot of you know quote based articles of you know broncos players are very feeling very confident right now and then we'll just have some stuff uh coming out of the bye of you know what's ahead and and next week we'll be turning our attention obviously to that bills game so we'll be right back to a game week after sunday this weekend we'll have like a rooting guide of you know who we want to win that would help the broncos and you know maybe just like a entertainment guide as well like interesting games to watch during Denver's bye. So we'll have stuff like that coming up this week. And then next week we'll be right back to a game weeks for the bills game. Go dolphins, dolphins chiefs. I'll be watching that one. That'll be a good one for sure. Oh yes. That'll be a good one. That's awesome. Yeah. That's going to be awesome. Uh, But yeah, for the, uh, the Broncos wire, of course, has got you covered. 
So check out that site. I'm sure you do if you listen to the show. You know all about Broncos Wire. It's uh, it's the place to be for all Broncos content. John and the crew do a great job. And for John Heath, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us as always. We'll catch you next time. Thank you.